Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is John McCormick. And John, you were at Donald Trump's foreign policy speech. Before we get to that, could you sing a few lines about one of Trump's kids for us to start off the uh, podcast? You know, I'm, I'm really not much of a singer. <laughs> We're, of course, referring to Carly Fiorina and her uh, speech. And uh, I will say this about uh, Carly. I think she has Trump's number. I mean, she seems to have like almost like a, you know, the the missile lock, you know, from the plane when you fire the missile. I, I, I don't know that what effect it will have on the ground in this election, but I think she's very good at showing the Trump's king has no clothes. And I thought she did a good job with that in the speech. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the most memorable moment she had from her presidential campaign was in that second presidential debate where she sort of, uh, you know, uh, took him down a notch and he actually ended up dropping the polls briefly. He bounced back. Um, that was one of the few times that he was actually hurt, and she was the one who inflicted that damage. She is pretty deft at, uh, you know, her attack lines, whether she's going after Trump or Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's polished. She's poised. Uh, I guess this is an attempt both to help uh, Cruz in Indiana, the very critical Indiana primary next week. Uh, she does sort of have an appeal, I think, to even though she's very concerned, I think she does have sort of a moderate appeal uh, to people who are a little less uh, hard-edged conservatives than Ted Cruz. That could help them in Indiana. And then you've got to remember that in a, in a three- or four-candidate race uh, back in 2010 in California, uh, Carly Fiorino ended up winning with 56% of the vote in a Republican primary. So that's the, you know, the other key to stopping Donald Trump is, you know, keeping him, you know, keeping him in check in California probably means keeping him to no more than half the delegates uh, or a little bit more than that if uh, Cruz ends up pulling out a win in Indiana. So, you know, uh, I think that given given the circumstances, you know, the uh, I think it's Bill Bill Crystal's called the, the Hail Carly, not a Hail Mary, but a Hail Carly. You know, Hail, Hail Marys, they sometimes work. They, you know, the, my team, the Green Bay Packers, they won a game last year with a Hail Mary at the end of the game. They almost won another game by completing another Hail Mary in the playoffs and then managed to get beat anyway. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, the, the metaphor can work many ways. Uh, but, you know, uh, long pass plays, they work sometimes. Uh, you also have her line about how Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the problem the crony businessman who buys politicians to get favorable treatment and screw the taxpayers and the crony politician who allows herself to be bought. And I think that was the one thing she said during the campaign that I thought was of perfect for this moment of 2016. And so we'll see that play. Also, you mentioned California. She got more than 4 million votes in California. Obviously those people aren't going to all come out and vote for her again, but they voted for her once before they've crossed that line before. So that will be interesting. And then uh, before we get uh, one more thing before we get to the Trump speech, you saw how poorly Trump is handling the woman card issue with uh, Hillary Clinton. He's fumbling it on purpose, uh, re, you know, doubling down again today. And he just, it's, it's, uh, it's either, it's political stupidity to the point of malfeasance, John. I mean, you, you already are underwater. 70% of women don't like you, and you're attacking Hillary for being a woman. I mean, it just, I, I think that Carly's going to create problems with uh, Donald Trump. He has never shown that he knows how to handle strong women. I think that's right. And, you know, Cruz or Trump has sort of been schizophrenic in his campaign as to whether or not he wants to be presidential or be or let Trump be Trump. Uh, you kind of saw that in the last week where he, you know, was sort of unhinged yesterday in his town hall events and talking about how John Kasich is stuffing his face and he's a disgusting human being. And I've never seen someone eat so much food and shoving pancakes in his mouth. And then today he's reading a speech off a teleprompter. 
uh, at, in, in D.C. at the Mayflower Hotel about foreign policy. Uh, and uh, I, I guess in the, in, the, in the views of some people in the media, they think that the, those who were wowed by the fact that Trump uh, managed to call Ted Cruz senator one time and said a lion Ted, um, I guess the same <laughs> people will be very impressed today that, that Trump managed to read a speech, um, pretty generic, uh, you know, broad, broad themes uh, uh, speech on a teleprompter today. John McCormick, you were there at the speech. Is, what is the Trump doctrine? Uh, you know, it's it's uh, what what he thinks is popular. It's uh, a lot more of the same. The idea that we'll put America's interests first. Uh, you know, he he talks about how a lot of things that he said that he he's taken a popular position on a number of issues that he uh, sim- simply just there's casual dishonesty about what, where, where he actually stood. Whether it was the fact that he originally supported the Iraq War and then later opposed it, just as many Democrats did at the time. The fact that he supported intervention in Libya. That he praised, uh, you know, the downfall of Hosni Mubarak in 2011. Now he's sort of uh, opposed to all that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that which wasn't true in his speech. But yeah, you know, the, the general themes are, you know, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to destroy ISIS. Uh, one line in there was that, uh, you know, their days are numbered, but I won't tell them when or where or how, but it will happen. And it will happen very, very quickly. So you know, lots of Donald Trump. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get it done. I'm not going to exactly tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make deals. They're going to be great deals. I'm not going to tell you what those deals are, what they might look like, but they're going to be great. Um, so, but he read it. He, he, you know, he he wasn't unhinged. Um, and I do think that you know the foreign policy. I mean, the, the, that's really what I think did push a lot of people um, into the Never Trump camp was the fact that he just seems too unstable to be commander in chief. It wasn't really any particular ideological heresy. You know, everyone's known for months that he's a former Democrat who's given lots of money to Democrats who doesn't seem to have a coherent ideology or particularly conservative ideology. But, you know, this is a guy who was, you know, the fact that he, you know, stands on a debate stage and accuses George W. Bush of uh, starting the Iraq war by lying about intentionally misleading and lying about the presence of weapons of mass destruction to launch a war in Iraq. Uh, same guy who stood on stage talking about the size of his hands and what that meant for another part of his body. Uh, you know, the same guy that can't help but attack Ted Cruz's wife, um, Heidi, on Twitter, disparage her looks. I mean, these are all things that have happened in the last, you know, several weeks, but we have such a short attention span, it seems that, you know, he can go for two weeks without, you know, doing anything wildly outrageous, and some people in the press are, are falling over themselves to, to praise the brand new presidential Trump. But I want to get back to this idea of there being some center for Trump's worldview. I mean, everybody, you know, my dad, a TV repairman from South Carolina, if you asked him, hey, you know, what do you think of America's place in the world? He would have a fundamentally, you know, at its core, a, a starting point. If I understood Trump correctly, he said, President Obama has been terrible to our friends. He has mistreated our friends and rewarded our enemies. And so my policy is going to be to punish our friends by demanding that they pay money and pay America to guard them because our friends really suck. Do I have it right? I mean, I'm a friend of our friends as long as they pay me to be their friend. Is is that the center of Trump worldview? I think that it's 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 a popular sentiment that, you know, uh, South Korea should be should be paying us or, or sharing some of the burden for the fact that we've got all these troops there. You know, Americans have 
typically felt that it it served our own national security interests to 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 be in these places across the world, and that NATO was an asset to America, and that's why we supported it and supported stability and supported peace. But you know, Trump has made this point. You know, whether it's about its trade or its uh, national security and our allies, that you know we're we're getting a bad deal. Other people are taking advantage of us. We need to put America first. But it's the inherent co- incoherence of it, uh, you know, the I understand complaining about President Obama, you know, not being a friend to our allies like Israel and Saudi Arabia, but then turning around and announcing to our allies we're only a friend. I mean, it's almost like a protection racket versus a foreign policy. Did he say anything else, anything about Russia, uh, China, the South China Sea? I mean, is there, is there anything we can take away that would be as clear as his ludicrous but repeated promise to make Mexico build a border wall with America? Well, and they, and they before the speech, explicitly told, I forget whether it was ABC or NBC, some news outlet, that there will be no details in this speech. <laughs> and so, you know, when it came to Russia, he said something to the effect of, if I'm, if I'm, if I've memorized it, it was that, you know, I'll go and get a great deal, you know, not a good deal, but a great deal with Russia. And if it's not a great deal for both Russia and the United States, I will walk away from the table. So it's again, you know, it's it's more the same from Trump saying that he, you know, he's a great deal maker. He knows how to do this stuff. It doesn't really matter the details what we're talking about. That he's just he's great. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to get good deals. And so that was, you know, pretty much it. Other than you know the idea that. Um, you know, a less less aggressive, you know, interventionist foreign policy, but he's not afraid to use force when, when we need to, and sort of, you know, I'm going to destroy ISIS, I'm not going to tell you how, and, you know, doesn't say whether ground troops are needed or not. Uh, you know, it's, it was more of the same from Trump, but, you know, it, it, it is an effort for him to to seem more presidential, and I'm sure that a lot of people in the media will take the fact that he was capable of reading a speech from a teleprompter as as the fact that there's a, a brand new presidential Trump out there. One last question for you. You were there while he gave the speech. What was, I mean, did he seem comfortable? Did the crowd like what they heard? Was there any reaction? What What were the optics in the room? Um, I'm not sure exactly who all the guests were. It was the National Interest sponsored this. And, um, you know, he got he got applause here and there, but he was he was very uncomfortable reading the speech. It was, it was halting. Uh, you know, there's words in there that were just tells that uh, you knew that Trump didn't really play much of a role in actually writing the speech. It didn't sound like Trump, you know, and he said, he just said, you know, words like indeed or for instance, <laughs> uh, you know, that's just, just little things like that that you right. can tell those are not Trumpisms. And it's, it, was, it, was a little, it was a little strange to hear him say things like that. Quick tip that Trump didn't write the speech is usually noun-verb agreement, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave that for his future speeches. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, John. Uh, you were on the scene there, and we appreciate you bringing us up to date. Thank you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.